Welcome to Wilma's Podcast. This is the podcast for anyone who wants to stay current on topics of interest in occupational and environmental medicine. Wilma is the Western Occupational and Environmental Medicine Association and a component of ACOM. We have designed these Wilma podcasts to be a tool and a benefit for Wilma members, as well as anyone interested in learning more about worker and environmental health. I'm your host today, Dr. David Corretto, and we are delighted to have you join us. The Wilma Education Committee members involved in the planning of this session and today's speaker have no relevant financial relationships to disclose. Chronic pain is a common reason for adults to seek medical care greater than cancer, diabetes, and heart disease combined. An estimated 40% of the working population in the United States seeks treatment for chronic pain, which is associated with restrictions in mobility and daily activities, including work, dependence on opioids, anxiety and depression, and poor perceived health or reduced quality of life. According to the CDC's 2016 National Health Interview Survey data, 19.6 million U.S. adults have high impact chronic pain, pain that is so great that it limits participation in major life domains, including work, social, recreational, and self-care activities from those who maintain normal life activities despite chronic pain. Chronic pain management challenges physicians and healthcare providers across all specialties in their goals of reducing their patients' chronic pain while promoting greater functional engagement with personal and professional activities. Today, we are joined by Dr. Steven Feinberg, co-author of the 2021 edition of the American Chronic Pain Association Stanford 2021 Resource Guide to Chronic Pain Treatment. This yearly updated free document details a comprehensive approach for managing chronic pain and in helping patients increase their functional ability. Dr. Steven Feinberg is a physiatrist and pain management specialist practicing in Palo Alto, California. He is an adjunct clinical professor and teaches at the Stanford University Pain Service. Dr. Feinberg is a past president of the American Academy of Pain Medicine and has served as the ACOM Chronic Pain Guideline Panel Chair. He is a member of the AMA Guides Editorial Panel and the AMA Guides Pain Care Task Force. Dr. Feinberg is an expert reviewer for the Medical Board of California. He is completing his second term this year on the Wilma Board of Directors. Welcome, Dr. Feinberg. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks. Good to be here. As always, it's great to have you. When I first reviewed this document, I was struck by how comprehensive and accessible it was for the reader. You really mastered organization of the various approaches to multimodal pain management within a big picture framework focusing on function. What is the history of this document? David, it goes back to about the year 2000 for the resource guide itself. It was then called the ACPA Medication Supplement, and it was originally written by a friend and colleague pain specialist, Dr. Edward Ed Covington of the Cleveland Clinic. And then after a few years, I took over, so I've been doing it about 20 years. And it started out as a 30 to 40 page medication guide. And over the years, and every year it's expanded, Interestingly enough, while designed for the lay public, it's utilized by teaching institutions and by healthcare professionals all over the country. Several years ago, the Stanford Pain Service, under the leadership of Dr. Sean Mackey, joined with the ACPA in publishing the resource guide. Stanford's involvement has been a major plus and really only the beginning of adding considerable other resources to the document. 
So as we were preparing for this discussion, you told me a lot of great information about the ACPA, uh, which stands for the American Chronic Pain Association. Uh, prior to our discussion, I had never heard about this organization before. Could you tell us more about it? It was started by the recently retired executive director, Penny Cowan, who actually started it in 1980. That's a long time ago, obviously. And she had gone through a pain program with Dr. Covington at the Cleveland Clinic and felt a need to share the wealth of what she learned. And her goals at that time and ongoing, actually, for the organization were to provide peer support and education for individuals with chronic pain in their families so that individuals could live more fully in spite of their pain. Her goal uh, was also to raise awareness among healthcare community, policymakers, and the public at large about issues of living with chronic pain. Over the years, the American Chronic Pain Association has expanded nationally, actually internationally. Uh, They have peer support groups all over the country and really high quality educational materials. Penny tirelessly traveled the country and the world to share the message. She's won numerous national awards. And I urge all of you to go to the website, the acpa.org, where you'll find a host of excellent educational information about chronic pain. I want to echo that that, uh, recommendation. I took a look at their website prior to today's podcast. And yes, they have a lot of resources for both patients and providers alike. And it's uh, very accessible to both of those populations. Turning back to the ACPA Stanford Resource Guide, what are the key highlights of the document? The ACP Resource Guide to Chronic Pain Management is an integrated guide to comprehensive pain therapies. It includes an overview of chronic pain and its treatment, definitions. There are sections about pain in special populations, such as the elderly or children. And then it goes on to provide simple, straightforward explanations about various passive and active interventions to treat chronic pain. For instance, medications, and it covers just about every medication utilized for chronic pain. It also covers invasive therapies like injections and spinal cord stimulation, but it also really focuses on a host of psychological and physical rehabilitation therapies, including functional restoration. It also covers what perhaps would be considered less traditional approaches like acupuncture, Tai Chi, yoga, et cetera. How how would you recommend this guide be used by medical providers? The resource guide for non-pain specialists in other words, occupational medicine physicians, is a good overview of chronic pain, very understandable, all in one place. But even more importantly to me, it's an excellent document to share with all of our patients. It's free, it's on the internet, and recognizing that education is a critical component to what we do as occupational health physicians for our patients with chronic pain, this resource guide really helps in getting the job done and really putting the burden on the patient somewhat to become educated. So it sounds like perhaps a provider could use the document to help the patient take more ownership over their own care management plan and perhaps maybe even bring it to clinic and point out salient points in it. Exactly. I found uh, in particular the discussion on successful pain management on page 15 and 16 of the document to be very insightful and helpful for my own practice. Could you expand on this? What does successful pain management look like? So this is, of course, brief. We're doing a, a little podcast here. We can spend, I could spend hours <laughs> on this, uh, David. But successful 
chronic pain management means that the person with pain, and we don't use the word patient here on purpose, has learned to manage their condition in a way that allows them to participate in activities and enjoy life while minimizing treatment side effects. It involves recognizing that the goal is pain management rather than cure. And that's a big step for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And for the individual to be educated about their condition and to be in charge, we use in medicine, we use the term locus of control, to be in charge of their own well being and happiness. In this scenario, medical professionals, you and I are educators, and we serve as support, as does the psychologist and the physical therapist and the occupational therapist and anyone else involved. Um, For instance, support when there are flare-ups. So in the functional restoration program I'm responsible for, we actually don't mind if someone has a flare-up while they're treating with us. In fact, we'd like them to. I know that sounds kind of strange, but the idea is how are they going to manage those things when they happen, those flare-ups, when we're not physically there that day. And so that's a big part of it. It's also about recognizing that medications can be helpful, but they also have side effects and always looking to minimize the use of medications and also minimizing invasive procedures and really looking at the whole person, not just a specific body part. I really like what you just said about flare-ups um, in emphasizing it's as the pro- treating provider, it's not something to run from or to fear, but use it as a teachable moment and helping the patient walk through how they would manage the flare on their own. In, in, alongside this, in my experience in um, helping my uh, patients or persons who um, are experiencing chronic pain, rapport and trust are important in our relationships with our patients. What communication techniques would you suggest for helping our patients in their journey to successful pain management? Oh, David, Uh, in this day and age of electronic medical records, abbreviated phone and telemedicine video video physician visits, and frankly, when we're spending less and less time actually talking to our patients, it's just a problem. You know, when I'm teaching at Stanford, I'm constantly telling the fellows, the pain fellows, don't be typing when you're talking to the patient, look at the screen, look at the patient. In my humble opinion, there is nothing more healing than a quality physician-patient relationship. Taking the time to listen and be empathetic while encouraging function and activity and educating our patients is the best tool for a successful outcome for patients with chronic pain. Dr. Feinberg, that's excellent advice and really speaks to the human touch that we wanna instill in our practice as physicians and healthcare providers. I want to thank you for sharing with us today your involvement as co-author with the uh, ACPA Stanford Guide to Chronic Pain Management. You're always so generous with your time and expertise to WOMA and the medical community at large. Thank you so much. On behalf of the WOMA Education Committee, the WOMA Board of Directors, and myself, I want to sincerely thank our speaker, Dr. Feinberg, for joining us today for a discussion of the American Chronic Pain Association Stanford 2021 Resource Guide to Chronic Pain Treatment. A free open access link to this document will be listed at www.woma.org, spelled W-O-E-M-A dot org, alongside the link to this podcast. We encourage all listeners to share this document broadly. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we'd like to invite you to explore more. You'll find our current library at www.woma.org and encourage you to subscribe to the Woma podcast channel wherever you find your favorite podcast for podcast listening. You'll be notified as new podcasts become available. Subjects could include the latest clinical update, emerging treatments in medicine, 
or topics in public and environmental health. Stay tuned and don't miss out. And join us for Walk 2021 from September 29th to October 2nd in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration details are on the WOMA website. Till next time, be well.